entitled Blessed and Highly Favored. I, I don't know what I was doing when this came to me to preach on this. I was, I'm sure I was doing something because none of us are ever doing nothing. You're doing something all the time, just like you're never, you, you, you think all the time, okay? <laughs> and so, uh, but in Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to go to for our basic scripture to begin with. And I believe that what we're going to be talking about over these next few times goes along also with this year of faith. Folks, we've got to know, we've got to understand, and know how to live the life of faith. And when we talk about the term blessed and highly favored, that has been taken out of context and used used so loosely. uh, We think that it means that we just have a whole lot of stuff. Well, that's not... What we're talking about, we're not talking about the lifestyles of the rich and famous, okay? Y'all remember that program that used to come on TV? Lifestyles of the rich and famous, and you'd watch it, and, and some things that they would show, they would show how, that where these people a lot of times came from, and a lot of the people that had become rich and famous had come from a life of poverty, and had worked their way, or something had come about to where that they got over into this lifestyle of being wealthy and ended up being famous. Some of them were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. and But all of them ended up accumulating great earthly wealth, great earthly possessions, all of these things, the kind of things that we'd sit there and think, well, <clears throat> why can't I get some of that? You know, why can't some of that come to me? Well, that's not what this teaching is about, okay? Now, that can happen. I wouldn't tell you for an instant that part of being blessed and highly favored does not include natural things coming to you. Material things. Blessings of the Lord coming. Uh, Not just material things, but physical blessings in your body. Family blessings in your home and your, your family and your extended family. All of these things come about because of this But folks, it's not just instant and automatic, and I want us to understand that. I believe that God loves everybody, don't you? There's nobody that's left out of that. God loves everyone, regardless of who they are. We've said that time and time again, millions of times over, that God loves everyone. But not everyone experiences the blessings of God. I believe everybody's under grace, but not everyone experiences the grace of God. I believe everyone that Jesus shed His blood for all mankind, but not all mankind ever experiences the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about being blessed and being favored, I believe that there's some lifestyle that you and I can live that we can begin to see and experience the favor and the blessings of God more than we ever have in our life. Now there's things that you're going to get just because you're a person. Do you know that just because you're here today, well, let me go back and expand it even further than that. Just because you're alive and you're in North Alabama today, it's as cloudy on me as it is on you. Right? When it rains, it's going to rain on everybody in that area. Whether they're right or wrong, it's going to rain. The air that we breathe, God is not giving me right here around this pulpit a better quality of air than He's giving you. So we're all blessed to breathe air. We can see. So there's blessings that are here just because God's God. 
But there's things that I need in my life. There's blessings and things that I need in my life that you may not need in your life. And there's things that you need in your life that I may not need in my life. And there's things that God wants us to have and things that He wants to do for us. But folks, He has set some requirements and limits and perimeters into those things. We don't just get up and say, well, I'm under grace and I just get it all. Well, that's partly true. You're under grace, but you've got to live by grace. Now, in this scripture, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, y'all stand, let's read this together. I know this is a Christmas story, but if we just confine the, the scriptures to certain eras of time, then we miss out on a whole lot of things. We're not talking today about the birth of Christ. We're talking today about a young woman that found favor and grace in the eyes of God more than anybody else, listen to me, more than anybody else on the earth in that day. How and why did she get that? See, that's what we want to get into. That's what we want to see. So y'all read with me. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Is that all of them? Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> well, I was enjoying this. I like to hear y'all read with me. Y'all be seated. I do that for two different reasons. Number one, you've been sitting a while, and this will get you in between naps. Anyhow. <laughs> that was ugly, wasn't it? Okay. The stigma that goes with this phrase, blessed and highly favored, a lot of people take it, is that you'll never have problems, that once you commit to this, that everything and everyone that you ever come in contact with will always be nice, and you'll always have everything you need. Now, folks, that's not what we're talking about here. I want you to think about Mary for a minute. Mary, the angel said, you're blessed and highly favored, but, but did it mean these things for her? Let me tell you. Think about it. She almost lost her future marriage. Now, you know, for her to say, be it unto me as the Lord has said, she was putting herself in danger of being an unwed mother and giving birth to an illegitimate child. She was putting herself in that position. As far as man was concerned, he would be illegitimate. As far as God was concerned, he wouldn't. She suffered ridicule from her family and her friends, and, and, and she had to go into hiding for about six or eight months. Went, went away. And, and then, through all of this, at the time of birth, had to travel a great distance because of a government decree, and, and she had to walk or ride a donkey, and when she got to the town Bethlehem, gave birth to Jesus in a manger. Now you look at that and you say, well, how could you say that Mary was blessed and highly favored? Well, I'm going to tell you, the key to this whole thing here of her being blessed and highly favored 
is the phrase that says, the Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, that can take you through any circumstance, any problem in any situation that goes on in life is to know that the Lord is with you. If you don't know the Lord's with you, you feel like you're sitting out there alone and, and you're in the middle of the ocean and barely got a boat and absolutely no paddle and definitely no motor. You just feel like you're alone. But when we can come to understand that regardless of what may come or go, the Lord is with thee. The Lord is with me. He's with me in every circumstance, in every situation. The angel appeared to Gideon. When Gideon was over here uh, threshing some wheat, hid doing that because of the circumstance in that day. And the angel came and spoke to him and said, Blessed are you, you mighty man of valor. The Lord is with you. Now what made him a man of valor? Was it that he was pretty good at threshing wheat? Was it because he was the youngest in his father's house? No. What made him a man of valor was the Lord was with him. Think about that. Can you be any more blessed? Can you be any more favored than, than when God is with you? Folks, I'm going to tell you something. In the presence of God, there's joy. In the presence of God, there's peace and happiness. There's, there's that peace in His presence that passes all understanding. That peace that keeps our heart and mind. When, whenever, when the whole world looks like it's blowing up and going to hell, folks, that peace of God is right there. Why? Because the Lord is with me. What did Jesus tell those disciples? He, he didn't tell them, now y'all go on and everything's just going to be nice and dandy and fine. No. He said to them, those disciples, He said, in this world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. He said, I've, and he said this to him before that. He said, I have said these things to you. I know I ended with this verse last Sunday, but we'll go back there and laugh it together. He said, these things I have said to you, that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Why? Why, did he, why could he say that? Because just before he took that step off of earth into heaven, that final time, he said to those disciples, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of this age. Folks, I'm telling you, what greater promise can we have? I mean, the, the lifestyle of the blessed and highly favored is someone that realizes that in everything they go through, that God is with them. God is with them. And, and I'm going to tell you, He may not calm every storm, but He'll calm your storm in you because He's with you. He may be asleep in the front of the boat, but you know He's there. Regardless, now God don't sleep. Don't get me wrong. Don't go off and say, I, I heard this guy sing this song one time. said, it's time to wake up the Jesus in you. I said, no, it's time for you to wake up in Jesus. <laughs> right? He's not asleep. But, but here, let me tell you, he's with me. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, I want you to listen to what he said. Because see, when we understand the, the presence of God being with us, that will begin to overcome fear in our life. And listen to what he said to us. Fear not, for I am with thee. Who is with us? I am. I am the great I am, the God that has been, is now, and always will be, that never changes. He says, I am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Hey, folks, that's God's promise. Isaiah chapter 43, listen to what he said here. He said, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. I have redeemed thee. Now listen, listen to this next part. What he says. He says, When you go pass through the waters, I'll be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. He said that when you do these things, he said he would be with us. All the problems of life, folks. Now, we got a choice to make. You're going to go through problems with or without Him. Right? It's not going to make... You're going to go through them with or without Him. So why not, why not latch on to this promise that He said and receive that favor and that blessing of the Lord and walk through life with Him with us and regardless of whatever comes along, folks, we can walk through that thing, like I said earlier, with a mountaintop attitude coming out on top knowing, knowing, folks, that God is with me and God is going to take care of it. He's going to take care of me and I'm going to walk through this thing victorious. Amen? Listen, Paul had God's favor. He said, wait a minute. Pastor, I read about Paul being beat, being hungry, being left for dead, stoned to death, threatened to get his head cut off in prison and all that kind of stuff. How can you say that he was highly favored? Well, in Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10, it says, Then spoke the Lord to him in the night by vision, Be not afraid. But speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee. And no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. You say, well, wait a minute. People did. Not until, not until they could not kill Paul until the time that Paul's ministry had reached its height and fulfillment here upon this earth. And we need to realize God... God, we've said this time and time again, God's got something for every one of us, and it's time for us to quit sitting around wondering and doubting and twiddling our thumbs and, and, oh my, oh me, what am I going to do now? The Lord's with us. He's with us. See, Paul took that up. That was, that was something that Paul got down in his spirit. The Lord is with thee. The Lord is with thee. All of these things came upon Paul. All of these problems and all of these situations and circumstances came. And Paul said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I went to God and prayed about this thing three times. I prayed about it, prayed about it, and prayed about it. But in verse, uh, verse 9 of 2 Corinthians 12, he said, He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Grace. Like I told you earlier in praise and worship, Grace and favor comes from the same Hebrew word. So when the angel said, Hail thou that are highly favored to Mary, he was saying to her, Hail thou that are highly graced. Your grace, all that grace encompasses Mary, it's yours. You have it. It's there for you. You can walk in that. You can be in it. And then he come on down and said, For you have found favor, grace with God. So Paul is saying here, God said to Paul, said, Paul, listen, 
by grace in my favor is more than enough to take care of you, more than enough to minister to you, more than enough to help you through all of these circumstances and situations. And Paul had that. He walked in that. And he wrote the Philippian people and he said, listen, he said it would be better for me to go home and be with Christ. But he said, I have a need to stay with you for me to die, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Either way, Paul knew that either way, whether he died or whether he lived, that God was with him and he had the favor of God. I heard this thing and they said, just threaten me with heaven, would you? Just threaten me with heaven. Next time a devil comes around and starts trying to throw fear of death on you, just tell him, threaten me with heaven, devil. Be like Burr Rabbit. Y'all remember Burr Rabbit? He told Burr Bear and Burr Fox that you can, you can eat me, you can do anything you want, just don't throw me into the briar patch. And when he got loose from old Tar Baby, that little thing that they made up, and throwed him into the briar patch, he went off laughing. And folks, I'm going to tell you, whenever I'm through on this earth, whenever this thing's over with down here, I'm going to leave here shouting. I'm going to leave here laughing. Why? Because I'm going to heaven. How do I know that? The Lord is with me. He's with me now. He'll be with me through death. He said, I'm with you through the waters. I'm with you through the flood. I'm with you through the fire. I'm with you through all of these things. And you don't think He's going to leave me whenever I, I, it comes time? No, because David said, he had this assurance. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Wow. Rod and staff wouldn't have done any good if God hadn't been there. He said, For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Mary said to the angel, How can this be saying I've never known a man? Never had relationship with a man. I'm still a virgin. How can this be? And the angel explained it to her. That the, that the Holy Ghost would come upon her and that which would be born of her would be holy and would be called the Son of God. The angel said to her this in verse 37 of Luke chapter 1, For with God nothing shall be impossible. You know who the people are that are highly favored? The ones that are really blessed and highly favored are confident and know it. It's those that says, For all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. It's not those that sit around and say, I don't know anymore. I just don't know if that works anymore or not. Hey, if it ever works, it still does. For nothing's impossible with God. Let me tell you, if God can create this earth, if God can bring a flood upon this earth and not upset the whole universe, if God can cause a man that don't know how to build a boat to build a boat to save him and his family, if God can dry up the flood, if God can love us so much He can send His Son to this earth born of a virgin birth, then folks, I've got to say that in my situation and my circumstances I'm going through right now, compared to all of that, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Don't you, you know what's impossible with God? There's one thing that's impossible with God. You want me to tell you what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's impossible for God to work in my life when I refuse to believe it. You got that? But whenever I believe Him, nothing's impossible with God. If Mary had said, I don't know, no, just forget it. You know, there's too much involved in this. Just go on. He'd have gone somewhere else. 
He wouldn't have made her have a baby. You catch what I'm saying? He would not have worked against her faith. Another thing about Mary, when the angel spoke these words to her, she said this, Be it unto me as the Lord has said. Words of faith. Mary was a person of faith. Be it unto me. I don't understand this. I don't know how this is going to happen, but be it unto me. I want to be the one, God, that you use. I want to be the one that you bless. You done spoke the word over me, blessed and highly favored, and I want that to come about in my life. Be it unto me. Here's another characteristic. A characteristic of a person that's blessed and highly favored is a person that's walking in and, and developing faith in their life. Now, we're going to see a lot of things as we go through this over the next while. But another thing about her, she was willing and obedient. Willing and obedient. I believe in the church world today and in most churches, we have folks that are willing to some extent, but they're not obedient. And we got folks that will do, but they don't do it willingly. Let that sink in a minute. They don't do it willingly. Paul addressed that. He said, God has called me to preach. And He sent me to minister. He said, now, if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. That's good to know, isn't it? He said, but if I don't do it willingly then a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. And what he meant by that is this. Paul said, if I go out here and do everything I'm doing, and I'm not obedient and I'm not willing to that thing, then every person that my ministry would have touched, I'm going to give account for them. I'm responsible for them. Why? Because I'm not being willing. I'm being obedient, but I'm not being willing. And, and no telling, the first time they probably would have come against Paul, he had ended up dead, and that would have been the end of his ministry, and would have had just a few lines about him in the New Testament, and that had been the end of it, and God would have had to get somebody else to write those 13 epistles that Paul wrote. And then he would have been held accountable for everybody he was supposed to go to and talk to and preach to. Mary was willing and obedient. In Isaiah chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Listen to what he says. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Listen to what he said. Now here's, we need to listen to this. Learn to do well. In other words, learn to live right. Learn to live right. Living right is not automatically. Right? Do you know children are not nice and sweet automatically? They have to be trained and worked on. He said, learn, learn to do well. Seek judgment. Now, he didn't mean seek for you to judge other people, but for you to walk in the right path your own self. Relieve the oppressed. Stand in line for those that are, can't help themselves. Judge the fatherless. There, the term judge there means make preparation for the fatherless, fatherless and plead for the widow. Plead for those that don't have anything. Then he said this, come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, 
they shall be as wolves. And listen at verse 19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. That same mouth that through the angel Gabriel said to Mary, you're blessed and highly favored. That same mouth of the Lord that said to Paul in a vision, I'm with you. That same Lord, the words that he spoke out of his mouth and Isaiah wrote down, that, that when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the flood, when you go through the fire, I'm with you. That same mouth that said, fear not, for I am with thee. That same mouth, the word, the mouth of the Lord spoke these things, folks. And he said this, the, the Lord said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You know, it, what, what that ought to do to us is make every one of us rise up and want to begin to do things for God that will please God and bring honor to God. Thank you for that big amen. Did I lose y'all back in Matthew? Well, good, I hadn't been in Matthew yet. I, you know, I can't help but just talk about what's in the Bible. Yes, but pastor, that's your interpretation. No, the mouth of the Lord spoke that. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But if you don't, now, I don't like that if you don't part, because that if you don't part hasn't got nothing to do with being blessed and highly favored, does it? If you be willing and obedient, when your willingness, listen to me, when your willingness meets your obedience, in other words, your obedience without willingness is just going through the motion and doing because you have to. Just because, you know, well, let's go to church. It's time to go to church again. And sometimes you may have to drag yourself and be that way. But what that does, it begins to prompt willingness on your part. Willingness indicates a desire, an urgency, a want to, a need to. I've got to do this. I want to. Why? Because I want to be obedient to Almighty God. You, you may sit down and read. Sometimes you may go through the motion of just reading the Bible. Go through the motion of praying. Go through the motion of worship. We're going to talk about that in a minute too. Go, just go through the motion. And, and we do that a lot of times. And we think, well, boy, I'm being obedient, God. You know, I read ten verses today, God. And we get off and we say, well, I don't know why God ain't blessing me. I hadn't really done anything too bad today. And I did this. I, I said, bless you to somebody that sneezed. And I told somebody, God loves you. Being obedient. And we need to be obedient. But folks, obedience without willingness does not impress God. When your willingness meets up with your obedience, that's where you're going to find the blessings of God. When your willingness meets up with your obedience, doing it, doing it. We, we watched a movie about this guy, the actual movie that in Fresno, California, he... he God called him to, to work and, and to rescue people out of gangs. And he went there obedient. <laughs> Not really willing, but he went obedient. And he tried this and he tried that and he tried the other, and none of it ever worked for him. But he, he had a come-to-Jesus meeting with himself one day after a young guy got killed. And whenever this happened, 
he began to be willing to let God work this thing like he wanted it to be worked. Him and his wife were childless. But in the end of the story, he rescued it. They showed it that he had rescued some 1,800 gang members off the streets of Fresno, California, and every one of them called him father. That blessing came when he got willing in his obedience to do what God had called him to do. Obey, obey. But obeying without being willing is not... You say, well, if I'm not willing, I'm not going to obey. You'll go through the motions. And every one of us has done that, hadn't we? Come on. Just because we had to. Just because we had to. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not doing what I'm doing this morning because I have to. I've heard people talk about, oh, God made me preach. God did that. You know, He called me and, and broke my leg and I had to preach. If somebody told me that, I wouldn't have wanted to. I tried to run from God. I didn't want Him breaking my leg so I'd preach. I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because I want to. I want to be willing to the heavenly vision. Willing and obedient to what God has called me. Willing and obedient to what God has given me to do. Paul, I'm right there. Let me tell you this. I talked to a lady this week, and I shared this with some of you. She got right with God. got saved in her hospital room there in Decatur. Gloriously saved. And I told her, let me tell you something, sister. God didn't put this chance on you so you'd get saved. He gave Jesus so you'd get saved. I said, you find yourself with cancer? I said, these people that's got cancer have never turned their eyes to Jesus. I said, but you're here, you're in this situation, and you're ready for Jesus to come into your life. And I said, that's the reason that he did. Saved. Saved. And folks, it's the same way when we are willing and obedient. We'll eat the good of the land. We'll understand the blessed and highly favored. And we'll see that come about in our life. Naaman the leper. You remember he was over in Assyria. And he, he was leprous and couldn't get any relief. And he came to Elijah over in Israel. Elisha, brother. And he said to Elisha, I want you to heal me. And Elisha sent his servant out to him. Wouldn't even go out to him. Wouldn't that send his servant out to him and said, go down and dip in the Jordan River seven times. Flew all over him. I own the eight rivers over in Syria that's good in Damascus. It's as good as better than the Jordan River, old muddy thing. Well, I'm not going to do that. Well, they talked him into it. And he became obedient. Well, he went down to the river. And he told him to dip himself seven times. And he began to dip himself. The first time. The second time. I, and no doubt the third time he still had questions. Is this any good? It's not doing nothing. I still have the leprosy. But I'm going to do this. And he did it the fourth time. And the fifth time. Maybe the fifth time he began to feel something in himself. Maybe something began to stir. I don't know. But I can just see old Naaman out there after that fifth or sixth time. He couldn't wait to get that seventh time down there. When he come up, he was completely healed. Why? Because in his obedience, he became willing to do what was told him to do. And the blessings of God showed up in his life. Now, if that will happen for somebody that's a pagan man like Naaman was. Folks, don't you think God still loves you and me today? Sure he does. Sure he does. Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 in the Amplified Bible. Listen to this, blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Wow! 
Wow! That's, that's, that's a good introduction to somebody, isn't it? I want you to meet Wayne Cryer. He's blessed, prosperous, and enviable. Y'all, would y'all like to meet him? Let me introduce y'all to my friend Dennis Berry. He's blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. Amen? But how does that happen? Just because I said it to him? Does it work just because I said it? No. It works because of what it says after that. The man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following after their advice, their plans, and purposes, but nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord and on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and by night. Wow. That's simple to do, isn't it? No, not in this world today. Well, if we make it hard, it'll be hard. Do you know that the Christian life, God intended it for it to be simple? And we have lived 2,000 years with traditions and religions and made it hard. Living the Christian life's not hard. Let me tell you what's hard. Being a transgressor. The Bible itself says the way of the transgressor is hard, but the path of the righteous is blessed forevermore. Ooh. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Again, in the Amplified Bible, says, Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous. Now, see, we, 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 all this prosperous, we think about things. But now we're talking about spiritually prosperous in the, in the state in which the born-again child of God enjoys His favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because I have to be, but because I want to be. I have to be to go to heaven, but I want to go to heaven, don't you? Don't you want to go to heaven, honey? Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to go to heaven? Don't you want to go to heaven? I do too. And not only do I want to, I'm going. Why? Why? Because I'm completely satisfied with what He did for me. I'm completely satisfied with salvation. I'm completely satisfied with my inheritance that I'm coming to. And why? Because I walk in the favor and in the blessings of Almighty God. Hallelujah. All right. Mary was a worshiper. She was a worshiper. History tells us, church history tells us she was somewhere 16, 17, 18 years old. Young virgin. And that day and time they got married that early. That was because all of them's desire was to be the mother of Jesus. All the Jewish young ladies kept their self desire to be the mother of Jesus. And to be married. They, they didn't have any ambitions. They were not going to go have to go to a plant and work third shift, you know, <laughs> and struggle and and all of that kind of thing in an office and, and in a factory and, and, and these kind of things. They wouldn't, they, they, their desire was just to look to God. And no doubt she had been, she'd been taught some things about worship. 
And you come on down and you look at how she worshipped God. When, she, when this got a hold of her, no doubt the angel told her, said, now your cousin Elizabeth is three months pregnant and she's going to have a child in her old age. And she went to Elizabeth. I can just picture Mary, she was going pondering. Mary, Mary had a, 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 a habit of pondering things. After the shepherds came and talked to him. There after Jesus was born, it said that she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And she pondered many times, many things. And, and, and as she was going to Elizabeth's house, she pondered these things, I'm sure, and thought about it. And, and I'm sure it was just overwhelming to her. I mean, if God were to, were to show up, ladies, <laughs> even now, and say to you, one night, through an angel, and say to you, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> That'd just sort of wipe you out, wouldn't it? Woo! <laughs> and for most of you ladies, I know that'd be a miracle. Okay? She pondered it. Rolled it over and over in her mind and in her heart and, and thinking about God. And she got over to Elizabeth's house and when she walked into Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth looked at her and said, Oh, you're blessed. You're blessed. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. And she just blessed Mary. And then in, and in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 46, Mary began to sing a song. She began to worship the Lord. This thing got to be a reality to her. And she began to say, bless. let's go to Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 55. There we go. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She knew something about worship. It was not something that just all of a sudden come up and she thought, Well, I think I'll sing a song. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. You need to get a hold of that, church. See, Mary got a hold of this now. The angel left her and she was wondering, how can this be? But now then, here she's at Elizabeth's house. She's had time to think about it. She's had time to dwell on the Word of the Lord. She's had time to do some meditating. And now then, she caught a hold of this thing. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not the downtrodden. I'm blessed. I'm not the dumb and ignorant. I'm blessed. I'm not the fat and ugly. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Come on, say it with me. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Every day that I live, I'm blessed. I'm blessed in the morning. I'm blessed at noon. I'm blessed at night. Yeah, you need to be saying it too, boy. I'm blessed in the midnight hour. I'm blessed when the sun comes up again. I'm blessed when I stand up. I'm blessed when I sit down. Folks, let me tell you something. We're blessed. We're a blessed people. We need to get a hold of that. Mary said that I'm going to be called blessed. She got a hold of that in her heart. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, but Pastor, what if I'm not? (laughs) Please, please get a hold of this. That's the time you need to stand and say, I'm blessed. 
and I want all of heaven. I want every angel. I want everyone in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want the devil and all the demons of hell to understand that I confess I'm blessed. Hallelujah. You, you call yourself blessed enough, other people are going to start calling you blessed. They'll say, all right, come Joseph, that blessed guy. Here comes Roger, that blessed man. How do you know he's blessed? Well, he's always saying it. I'm blessed. Smiling. I'm blessed. How are you today? I'm blessed. Would you like to go with me? Yeah, but I'm still blessed. I'm blessed. You say, preacher, that's dumb. Well, let me ask you something. You've done foolish things before in your life, haven't you? Try it for a week. Try it for a week. Let your response be, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Somebody call you on the phone. How are you doing now? I'm blessed. Somebody text you. How's everything going? Text them back. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And two things are going to happen. Either they're going to quit calling you or texting you or they're going to say hallelujah with you. Mary said, listen, listen, God said, Here, here's another thing about this. We'll talk about this later. But in Malachi 3, he said that when we tithe, he said that I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, I'll set you on high, and all nations shall call you blessed. He told the children of Israel that throughout the book of, of, of uh, Leviticus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He told them, he said, you are a blessed people and the nations shall call you blessed. Call you blessed. Why? Because they see that you're a favorite of God. You walk in His grace and God's hand and God's loving kindness is upon you and all that you do. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And you may think, well, preacher, you don't look too blessed to me. I'm not. I don't care what you see. I know what I know. I know what I know. I may not have the things of this life, but I'm blessed. There may be a pain in my body every now and then, but I'm blessed. And I'm going to tell you something. Talking about this blessed, there ain't a pain in my body right now. I can tell you that. And they was before I started. But you just get to talking about you being blessed and you can bless those pains away. Now, I'm not talking about in a vulgar way either. Bless them out. No, 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 no. Don't go doing that kind of thing. If you're going to do that, just go ahead and say you're going to cuss them out and be done with it. You can't bless people out. To bless is say something good about Mm. Let me go ahead and read the rest of this. For he that is mighty. Here's how I'm blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him, reverence and respect him, from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He has put down the mighty from... Their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hunger with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away, away, and he hath blessed his servant Israel in remembrance of, of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever. The mighty one. The mighty one. Folks, God's blessings are appropriated to me not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Right? But he told me, son, my blessings are upon those that are willing and obedient. 
What about you this morning? Are you willing and obedient? Is Jesus Lord of your life? If He's not, then you're not willing and obedient regardless of what other things you may try to do and add to it. If you're not,